Uh, good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to Bibliostapes even in discussion. Uh, today I've got the pleasure of being joined by Rachel Talbert, um, who I'm sure many of you will know uh, from her wonderful wave uh, photography from the south coast of England. Um, good afternoon, Rachel. Hi, Ewan. Thanks very much for inviting me. You're more than welcome, to be honest, the, ple the pleasure is all mine. Um, at, at the end of the day, I'm still very much testing out uh, these sort of discussion podcast type styles, so we'll, uh, we'll see how it goes. Um, obviously, everyone knows you very well from your, from your work. Uh, you've got a new book coming out, Tides and Tempests, shortly, but uh, uh, a couple of years ago, you obviously published Sirens through uh, Triple Kite, and before that, you did one of the earlier landscape editions uh, with Cozy Books, which still is the only landscape editions one I'm missing. Um, so at some point, I, I hope to pick up a copy of it. Um, maybe great, maybe for those who don't know you and don't know your work, just to get a very quick introduction to you and I suppose the the photography and the work that you do today if that's possible. Uh, sure. Yeah um, well I'm a full-time professional photographer completely obsessed with the sea and the coast and that's all I photograph and in particular waves but also some other coastal bits um, but I know we're here to talk about sirens and sirens is just waves um, and I, uh, I do workshops, but uh, my main business is um, selling prints through galleries, um, so limited edition prints. And the Siren series is definitely my uh, best-selling series to date. Very good. So, yeah, so just a, a bit, obviously the book was 2018, I think it was, with Triple Kite. Um, and I was just interested to understand how that project kind of uh, came about in terms of the, the background to it, in terms of the body of work before you then took it, uh, took it to the publishing side of things. Well, the, um, the work came about quite slowly and gradually, really, because um, in uh, winter of 2015-16, I'd started to go down to a particular beach in East Sussex called Newhaven, which was well known to me because I was brought up in Sussex. Um, but I started going there every week trying to photograph stormy seas and there's kind of a classic photo everyone does as a key with a lighthouse and people get photos of big waves crashing over the lighthouse and every time there's a storm on the south coast one of the newspapers will carry that photograph from New Haven taken by somebody and it's definitely a, a kind of iconic south coast shot and I you know I made a few of them but they were a, I wasn't particularly impressed with them because they were just like everyone else's. Um, but all of those visits, while I was there, I was watching the sea and I started to notice that the waves on their own made really interesting shapes. And I got the idea to try and create a portfolio that was just these giant waves with really interesting shapes, isolated against the horizon with no landmarks, no new haven if you like, in the photo. Yes. So it yep. would be kind of, I hope, sort of placeless and timeless, a bit more universal in their appeal. And yes. I decided to name them after mythological beings because I really like mythology. Yeah. I, th I think that the, the names that you've given to the waves, they always really appeal to me, particularly when you're sharing them on social media. I just, you, 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 you get an imagination when you see the image and then when you see 
this wonderful name that you you've given them all and i love the fact that they are all individually named i name title a lot of my stuff number one number two number three number four that's just the way i do it but i love the fact that you give each wave its own personality to a certain extent as well which which adds to the adds to the real interest behind them it feels as though there's there's a real and unique story behind each of one each one of your images just by the naming that you're giving them all. And I, I do wonder at when you will actually run out of names that you can possibly use. Not yet, um, but I am raiding all mythologies from not, not just ancient Greece, but from um, Inuit um, even, uh, Norse religion, Celtic. I'm basically raiding all mythologies with no regard for um, any sort of coherent uh, approach there. Yeah, that, that, that probably doesn't surprise me, I think, given the number of images that you produce, you will at some point uh, maybe start revisiting and I'll be, you'll be giving them like, it'll be the second and junior, etc. as you, as you find their, their younger siblings. But uh, so, so from that, from the book Sirens, are there maybe three or four particular images that are your favourites or ones that you have you're you're very you're particularly pleased with that you you like maybe more than others. Yeah, there's always going to be with any book. I think there are forty or forty-one pictures in Sirens. Yeah. There's always going to be some that you you absolutely are your proudest proudest pictures. Um, and it's quite good actually to two years later to to think about whether that's changed because I, I have this really annoying habit that I think a lot of photographers have of liking your newest picture best yes. just because it's new uh, yeah and they don't necessarily end up being your best pictures but um yeah I mean definitely probably if, you, if I had to have just one from the book it would be Poseidon Rising yeah um which has got on to be the most popular print as well is is sold out and I suppose there's a special reason why I like that one because, um, well, on that particular day, Storm Imogen, which was the 8th of February, 2016, I can still remember the date, which is very nerdy. Yes, yes. Um, but on that day, I think I, yeah, it's really nerdy. <laughs> you see, I hang out in Lightroom a lot, right, and organise it by date. Um, I took 3,000 photos, so you don't always know what you've caught in camera when you take that many pictures in six hours. Um, yes. But I actually remember seeing that way, seeing Poseidon rising as I clicked the shutters. So that was one I went looking for straight away when I, you know, when I first uploaded the pictures, I went looking for him because I remembered taking him, which was quite nice. Well, that, that's it. And it's, uh, I think we're all the same. I think you, you do remember ones that you think are, a wee bit special even amongst 3,000 pictures and I, I think I've not taken 3,000 pictures in, a, pro, in a, a, a continuous period of time never mind on one single day so I don't have that issue of uh, searching through 3,000 pictures but I think obviously the fact that you remembered that one shot shows that there is a, there is a real relevance and a real remembrance to, to the image itself um, so obviously you published this with uh, Triple Kite. Um, were you heavily involved in the publishing and in the design aspect of it, or was that something that the publisher largely undertook for you? And, and what sort of input did you have into the design and the layout of, of the images that were included in the final book? I did have quite a lot of input. There was um, a publisher 
uh, triple kite and then there was a designer um paul mitchell um yeah. but i'm i'm a control freak <laughs> i'm afraid and um i didn't like paul's um cover suggestion so i designed the cover and then it just carried on me being quite obnoxious i expect so um the sequence sequence was all right i i did um tinker with the sequence though yep. um and approved the sequence um and then um when it came to the sort of actually you have to do quite a lot of work you have to convert the pictures to cmyk or grayscale or duotone depending what you decided yes. all of that was taken care of by paul yeah and then um the printing was handled by the publisher very good so in terms of obviously going forward you've obviously got a new book which is coming out um but I know you're a big fan of collecting books as well. Um, we obviously have yeah. uh, various discussions. Are there uh, any particular books that are favourites of yours or that draw inspiration from in terms of not necessarily so much the work, but also your work, but also in terms of your ideas behind it and how you might produce a, a, the collection yourself or things that uh, way that people have sequenced and laid out books as well that uh, you maybe think, well, that actually works quite well and it might be a different theme subject matter but actually for the, sh the work I'm working on um, it might suit it quite well because I know you obviously have quite a collection of books as well. I do and it keeps growing like yours. It's not yes. as big as yours yet but you know I haven't finished. <laughs> Mind you neither of you. No uh, unfortunately so that, that's the problem. <laughs> We really, really better not make it a race or we're just going to be bankrupt, right? Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> There's only one winner there and that'll be the publisher. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yes, in answer to your question, um, I'm definitely influenced by looking at other people's photo books. Um, they're re it's a really great way to get ideas and some that just popped. I didn't know you were going to ask that question. So whatever just popped into my head, yes. I immediately thought of um, Jonathan Critchley's book, Silver because I like very clean, simple presentation in that yes. book, which yep. actually is Jonathan's style on his website as well. So there's a coherence there. Yeah, I would which, agree, yeah. Um, yeah, really appealed to me. Um, but then, so Sirens is quite simple. Yep. You know, there's a forward and there's an introduction and then there are pictures. Um, the one thing that I did add with Sirens, which was my original concept, and luckily the publisher said yes, was that I, I not just don't just have the, the name of the picture, I then briefly, and it's usually a very short sentence, give, um, say, the relevant, you know, what is the relevant myth? So Leviathan, you know, what is the Leviathan and what mythology is it from? Yes. And um, people seem to have liked that, so I'm glad we put that in. Yeah. Um, then with Tides and Tempests, which I suppose we're not really here to talk about that. Nope. Anyway, very briefly. Yes. Um, I have been influenced by a different book, which is um, not in my genre at all. It's uh, very much traditional landscape work, which is Northwest by Alex Nail. Because um, well, yeah. I really, well, I love the pictures in it, because I, I like Alex's work, but I particularly enjoyed his mini essays. He's got these little, very personal essays at sort of certain points through the book. Yes. The pictures are definitely in charge, but then there are just these occasional pauses where he has these little essays that are very personal. He talks about his, his moments in the landscape. And I thought when I read that book and looked at it, that 
his passion came through so well through his words that it really enhanced my experience of the whole book. So I've actually, with Ties and Tempest, in addition to Hans's forward and my introduction, I've also managed to squeeze in four little essays because sure. I, and that was entirely after reading Alex's book. So Alex is to blame if they're no good. <laughs> no, but I, th I think I think it does. I think I think it adds a, a different element to the experience of the viewer. Effectively, when you are looking through a book, it gives you an insight into into something you otherwise wouldn't know from just looking at the pictures and appreciating the images, which uh, they've all got to work together. But as you say, just little pockets of text can add, can add a whole different experience and can take you, particularly if you're maybe going from one section or one body into a different, a different theme or continuing on with something else. I think the text can really just give a bit more detail to it, which, um, which can only be a good thing, I think, in terms of just one image after another after another. And as you say, with sirens, just the wee small detail behind the, the name just adds, again, a bit more information to to someone who's looking through the book who, who maybe doesn't understand or have any understanding of the names at all. At least it gives them something else to go back to. And in terms of... Yeah. Any, any, carry on. Oh. No, because it wasn't very interesting. You go. <laughs> no, and in, ter and in terms of, uh, obviously, they're the books that have maybe influenced uh, work that you've done. In terms of uh, just your personal books that you enjoy looking at, which sitting down with a, a nice drink, um, what, are, what are your personal favourites? Uh, I know we obviously talk a bit about some books. We've got some that are quite similar and the same. and then But then at the same time, there's always other books that, um, people always ask me, have you got this book? And I've maybe heard of it, but there's only so many books I have space for or can actually enjoy. Um, so it's always interesting. I always find it very interesting to hear what other people are, uh, what other people are buying and picking up because it always gives me ideas and I can always then go and look at the photographer's website. I might not buy their book, but it introduces me to, to new work that otherwise I might never have come across. Well, um, I I think you and I have chatted about Ragnar Axelsson's yes. book, Faces of the North, and indeed, I think I may have persuaded you to buy it. Quite possibly, um, yes. Absolutely, yeah. I absolutely love that. Um, I was I was a bit slow off the mark. He did a large format version, yeah. and I missed out on that. Um, but I, he then did a small one, which is great, because yes. I, I got a copy. And um, I just think that's an extraordinary body of work. Again, a completely different genre. It's it's, it's people, yes, um, indeed. And dogs, um, which are never in my pictures, uh, but just such powerful work and very enigmatic. You know, I'm I'm constantly thinking about the stories and the lives that these people who live this in this very bleak, inhospitable landscape, and they have to be so hardy. And and every time I look at one of those pictures, I, my imagination goes running off trying to think what their life has been like and what their story is. Um, and I love a picture that does that, you know, I, you know, you don't flick on, you think, oh, wow, you know, what about that? There's a picture of um, a woman taken from behind her. She's got the window, the view out into this bleak landscape, but she's looking in a little round mirror. And so you just see her face in the mirror with this bleak landscape. 
as just one that randomly popped into my head. There are so many. Yeah. And when I look at that, I just, wow, you know, what's her life been like? It's, it's a tremendously powerful work, I think, body of work. Um, so I recommend that wholeheartedly to everybody. Yes. Um, if it's still around. Yes, I, th- I think um, it is still around, is yes. Yep. Yeah, that's good. Um, I'm doing a workshop with Ragnar next year and he's um, promised to show me to bring along the large format book so I can have a look. Very which nice. I'm really, really looking forward yeah, to Yeah, well, it'll be yeah, interesting to hear what you think because, yeah, the, the, the small editions book, as you say, it's, likewise, it's not a genre of photography I shoot or probably ever will or can't envisage me shooting it. Um, but again, the, the images are so powerful and it's, you, you don't feel as though you want to, f- and I, I've not had it nearly as long as you, and I've not spent as much time with it, but even just looking through what the time that I've spent with it, I don't have an urge to just flick from one page to another to another. It's each image tells such oh. a story. Um, and some of the, particularly some of the fishermen on the, on the Icelandic coast and up in Greenland. And as you say, it's the, the brutality of the landscape up there and, and they are so hardy and it, each one just tells such a powerful story that it really is a fascinating, fascinating book. Um, and I would agree, I would uh, certainly it's recommend. It's very, um, yeah, um, and um, completely different now going, because that was black and white work with, pict- with pictures of people. And um, now I'm going to go to a completely different book, which is Sea Works by Paul Kenny. Yes. Which I absolutely adore. It's a sumptuous book. It really is. I mean, no, the effort that has been lavished on that book, everything is beautiful, high production values. Um, and of course, the pictures themselves, which if people don't know um, Paul's work, are abstract photographs. But... They are, as the title would suggest, of the sea. I mean, his process is extraordinary. He brings bits and pieces home from the beach and some salt water and then sort of drips water on these things with a scanner and slowly over a long period of time, crystals emerge and you get all these incredible shapes and he yep. uses sort of natural things and also flotsam and jetsam. And... Um, and yet the, the pictures do evoke a sense of a, a landscape, nonetheless. There'll be you know, a picture that makes you think of the moon or you know, uh, a sandy beach or rolling hills or whatever, even though they are completely um, made of objects he's gathered at the, the, the edge of the beach. And it's a huge book. It's a great chunky thing with wonderful pullouts. Yes. Um, and it must have been very expensive to make. Um, and I can count myself very lucky to have a copy. Um, and whenever I want to enjoy something very colourful, very beautiful, and really quite different, that's the book I might reach for. Yeah, I would agree again. It's it's a wonderful body of work, and I really like the big pullouts as well. I think they work very, very well. Um, and there's a few other, there's a few other photographers who I've who I've got their books of. Todd Heido, he's another one who has very large pullouts it's a it's a bigger book than i think than paul kenny's to begin with and i think one of them is if effectively four times the size it's probably going on close to an a1 pullout um and when it works mm. when, when it's done for the right image and it work and it's done properly it can be really very effective and i agree i think some of some of them work so well with paul's work and as you say it's a real it's a very very high 
quality production. And I think that really comes across because it's certainly a very well thought of a uh, body of work. Yeah. And of course, Paul is uh, you know, a, a man at the top of his game with a wonderful career Absolutely. Uh, behind him. And uh, his, his limited edition prints are highly sought after. As and well. I did get to go and see uh, a little bit of his work in large format at Photo London um, one year and at Somerset House. And wow, really beautiful, beautiful prints as well. Yeah. I, I, the um, five figure sums that you yeah. need to save yeah. up to buy one. That's it. But I had read on social media as well that he's uh, there's he's holding a fairly substantial exhibition, I think, next year on Seaworks. In Merseyside, is it? In Merseyside, I think. I think it is. Is it Southport yeah. or Stockport? Maybe up that neck of the woods. So that will certainly be uh, something that I think will be quite popular with people who want to go and see some of those works up in person because it really is a great body of work. Yeah, I. I hope I'll, I'll, I mean, it's not very close to where I live, but if I can get there, I'll try because I did really enjoy seeing his work at Somerset House and it was just three or four pictures hanging. Um, yeah. So to see more would be wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. And I've got one more book to think of, but I've forgotten the title. Um, it's oh. by Paul Nicklin called right. Born to Ice. Right. Do you know it? No, I don't know it. Absolutely. Oh, it's huge. It's a great big book. It's it's almost as big as Salgado's Genesis. It's not quite as big, right? But almost. Um, and Paul is uh, an environmental photographer you know, who currently lives on Vancouver Island in British Columbia. Right. Makes him a very lucky man because I love Vancouver Island. Um, but he and his friend um, and partner Christina Mittermeier, who some may have heard of too, have been long um very ardent conservation photographers and right. they are doing a lot of really important work trying to help us deal with this huge problem we've got ahead of us with the state of the planet and um but the, it's not the, the book is also you know sometimes a lot of worthy work can be more worthy than it is beautiful or well yes. taken if you know what i mean yeah but in his case the work is not only worthy, but also um, stunning. Yeah. And the, the most amazing photographs um, from the Arctic and from the Antarctic. Um, and just incredible, you know, underwater photographs of penguins uh, arrowing up about to jump onto an ice floe with all the Beautiful. bubbles yeah. on, their, on their sort of, do you call it feathers with a penguin? I don't know. But all the bubbles on them and, um, you know, just incredible. There are landscapes in there too, enormous icebergs and, and everything. And it is, well, the word celebrate is overused, I know, but, but I can't think of anything else. So it's a celebration of those two beautiful extremes. And Paul Wonderful. has every right to tell us about those because he was raised in the far north of Canada um, and has actually spent quite a lot of time living with the people up there. Um, right. And so he really knows what he's talking about. Yeah. And I thoroughly, thoroughly recommend it. You'll, oh. you'll love it. Yeah, I, I like how you say you'll love that. That's, yeah, as I'll probably go and look at that shortly after we've finished this call and there'll be another book due to arrive and through my, my postman's been Sorry. kept busy. My postman's been kept very busy over the last few months. <laughs> 
food's overrated anyway, you and that, you don't that, need food, you don't need eating. No, just 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 water and books is uh, yeah. is what is what keeps you going. So obviously your future plans is uh, Tides and Tempests. Um, are you ever tempted to look at a handmade book? Obviously, um, I know you. Uh, we both were lucky enough and fortunate to pick up a copy of Michaela's handmade book, which um, is, is beautiful. But is, is that something you're ever interested in, even just for a personal perspective, not necessarily as, as releasing an edition of anything? Or is that something that you've done already? Um, ish, ish. Um, yeah. So Michaela's book, actually, it's worth mentioning, isn't it? We both worked, yes. we both bought a copy, and there were only five. And um, I think I'm to blame for making her do those, actually, because she shared the book that she'd made for herself on Instagram. Yes. It's not long ago. It was in August, no. I think. Yeah. And I said, "Oh, would you sell it?" And she said, "Oh, okay." And she made five, and we snapped. And I, I'm extremely glad to have got a copy because it's a thing Likewise. of beauty. It really yeah, is. Absolutely. absolutely. I, I, I do. I, I do really enjoy. I've only got a small number of handmade books from various people, but I really do appreciate them, and they're, they're, they are really beautiful artifacts. To be perfectly honest, from my yes, perspective, I love them too. Um, having said that, I, I am an outdoor photographer because that's my happy place. I really don't like being indoors. Um, yeah. I really like being on the beach. So, and I like the I like horrible weather. So it's not even like I you know I'll say oh you know it's raining let's stay and do a handmade book you know I say oh it's raining let's go out and I get wet and make yes. some photos. Yeah. So yeah, and actually it's really hard to make time for that. You know yep. I've just done three three day workshops last week. I've got three more next week. And so on, and then I do residential ones and all the other admin and all the other stuff I do. I find it quite hard to find enough time to go and make photos. Yes. If I start making handmade books as well, I'm going to be indoors even more. So, um, yeah, I would love, I would love, in fact, I'd be very tempted to go on one of Lizzie Shepherd's courses because A, I really like Lizzie, and I'm sure she's an extremely conscientious and good teacher, and B, Everyone seems to love them, so they must be good. Um, but I just haven't got time at the moment. So, yeah. you know, if I break my leg, I broke, broke my shoulder <laughs> here. If I break my leg as well. <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe it gives you, frees you up a bit more time, albeit, yeah. Like, so. Yes, but I couldn't, make, I couldn't make a handmade book while I broke, had a broken shoulder anyway. No, I, that's, I that's very actually, true. So. Indeed, yes. But no, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. I think there's certainly over the lockdown period, there's been a lot more self-published books people have done zines through lockdown projects people have started making their own handmade books and um, i think what's always interesting and you quite often hear it from people who maybe who maybe teach the handmade books or have maybe been on a course there can be quite a gap of maybe one or two years between doing one on the course and then producing their next handmade book and um, because it is it's it's but i think for everyone even from for, for someone who maybe doesn't feel comfortable or doesn't want to self-publish a wee zine or something like that, doing something handmade, it can be six, eight images or something like that. And it just allows someone to pull together a small body of their own work to be able to sit down and enjoy it. Because I far prefer looking at images through a book um, on paper than 
looking at scrolling through a screen all the time. Don't oh, yeah. get me wrong. There's benefit. Okay, you can. There's benefits to being on screen, but there's nothing like uh, sitting down and taking a nice book out and. Yeah. Well, admire. I have made. So it's not hand. The book itself isn't handmade because yep. for reasons given. But yes. I certainly like printing. Yes. And, uh, no, you're you're you know obviously only you can see this, but so I had I have got. Can you, oh, yeah. oh, you can't yeah. because I've got one of virtual backgrounds. Oh, I can, yeah, I can, oh, I can, yeah, I can see yeah. it now, yes, yeah. You can do it. Yeah. Just, basically, just bar, I bought a really beautiful handmade photo album. Oh, very nice. Paper. Yes. Between, and, and I've just printed and... and um, put in the images. Put in the images. And I really enjoyed doing that, yeah. actually. That was really good fun. And yeah. I was just about, I had to get my daughter to help me paste them because of my shoulder. But I could do the rest with one arm. Very good. Excellent. Well, I will stop there because I would obviously like to invite you back for a further chat once Titan Tempests has been released, which I think is due out later this year. Uh, yeah, pre-orders are open, but I think they actually, the, uh, the prints will, the printed book will go out to at least to those who pre-ordered it in November. Excellent. Well, I certainly am very much looking forward to receiving that um, and it'll be great to speak to you again once that's out and uh, I'm sure there'll be a lot of very, very happy people when they, when they get a copy having maybe missed out on sirens in the past. So uh, thank you very much, Rachel, for joining me. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks.